Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Happy early Christmas week. We'll get into what Rex and I are doing for the holidays and if he can redeem himself after his pitiful Thanksgiving meal. Rex, you you look a little bit uh, more stressed after some last-minute Christmas shopping. Yes, we do get the cards from Augusta National. So nice. Uh, Merry Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all our friends at ANGC as well. Yeah, we're definitely not servicing the audio listeners with this one. Rex, how, how's it going after your last minute Christmas shopping? Uh, I had to scramble yesterday. Going to have to scramble today. I'm not very good at it. So I had to, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I had to get uh, like one of my sons wanted golf shoes. So that was easy enough. The other needed just kind of tennis shoes to work out in. And then I'm still kind of stuck on what to get bunk, but it, it's going to have something to do with. Actually, you know what? I, I, I we, Everyone is so good about reaching out to us. Usually it's with criticism, but in this particular case, I'm asking for advice. I, I want to sort of package somehow that, okay, there's a week sort of in between the Open Championship and the Olympics next year, and I want to turn that into some sort of trip. Like, you know, I mean, trying to be nice. Like, Bunk is, you know, it's not like she has a shortage of European vacations, but I'm thinking about doing like Iceland or something like that. But I don't know how to put that under the tree. Like, what, what do I just write? Like a stupid coupon for one free European vacation and put it under the tree? Like, that's not going to work. So yeah, I'm, I've I'm done really a bunch. Of, I've done I've done a bunch of like handwritten coupons. I feel like I feel like now that you're 56, you probably aged out of that. Um, I would try and I would try and get like a postcard or a picture and present it under the tree that way. That's probably Actually, how you I should could do, do that. that, and I could do like get a like, go buy like a beanie cap or a warm hat that she would need to wear in Iceland. Now, now we're now we're classy. Now it's working. <laughs> classy. <laughs> and and you right. can and, and you can get out of it for twenty five dollars, and then I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll be ex- expensing some of uh, the Iceland vacation, uh, courtesy of our friends at NBC Sports. Thank you for also rubbing in the fact that I will not be going to the Olympics, uh, despite my pleas, and despite my protestations. Uh, Rex, you and I both covered a tournament last week. I was at Q School for at least one day, uh, and you were at the PNC Championship for three days. Uh, this has basically become Rex the, the Tiger and Charlie Woods show. Uh, it is it is nonstop coverage. We had the pro am, almost the entirety of the pro am round on our air. We started a peacock coverage early to get Tiger and Charlie 
was let's start with the old man. This is the second time we've seen Tiger in the month of December, two weeks after uh, what I would actually consider a pretty encouraging start at the Hero World Challenge, despite him finishing uh, not in that 8th to 12th spot like I thought, but instead 18th. How did you think Tiger actually looked during this 36-hole father-son competition? Well, first and foremost, he was grumpy, which I didn't quite understand. At the Hero World Challenge, I think we talked about this on the pod, he was relaxed. He, there were things he wanted to talk about, specifically about being on the PGA Tours policy board, about the negotiations with the PIF, about June 6th. Like he, he clearly wanted to address those things in the media. Keep in mind, last week at the PNC, he didn't even do a, pre a pre-tournament press conference, which is kind of out of the ordinary. He sat down with a, 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 a tour official and kind of did a pool reporter thing. But it, he was pretty grumpy uh, all week long, which was kind of weird. It was cold. It was rainy. That probably has something to do with it. I agree with you. It is the Tiger Woods show, Tiger Woods and Charlie show. It, it's interesting. It's fun. I think the telecast did a really cool sort of montage of all the similarities they have, which I think it's it, it's always cool. I mean, Charlie's gotten bigger. He's, he's gotten better, faster. It's fun to watch him play now. But it, it this one didn't have sort of the lighthearted feel that I think we've seen in the past because, because he didn't do that pre-tournament press conference. He got all these questions sort of rat-a-tat-tat at him uh, after the first round on Saturday. And he wasn't happy with that either. Now, I think he, he enjoys this being inside the ropes with Charlie. This time he had his daughter, Sam on the bag, which was really, really cool. I, I think that whole atmosphere, like he really, really relishes. I, I think everything that happened outside the ropes, specifically the questions he got and some of the things, I, I don't think he enjoyed that. Why was he, why was he so grumpy? Did it is it the fact that he's been in board meetings for 20 Bobby. hours a day? Is it the fact that maybe the negotiations aren't going as well? Is it the fact that the reigning Masters champion and presumptive PG Tour player of the year has since moved to live golf and uh, the PG Tour is under attack? I found that ex exceedingly uh, rare and surprising that he would not give a press conference ahead of the PNC Championship, especially when he is the clear and obvious headliner if you're if you're playing armchair psychologist what do you think was actually going on there i think you probably got it right there's too many board meetings i kind of wrote about this on sunday night sort of recapping the year that was tiger woods and you can make an argument and look this dude has done a lot in his career Re rewritten the record books on the golf course he's, he's had a lot of things go on off the golf course and i made the argument that this has been the most eventful year of his career and even though he just played what seven actually competitive rounds not even no i'm sorry i got that wrong six competitive rounds so four in la and then two at augusta but everything that sort of transpired from there there was the ankle surgery there was the comeback there was june 6th where he was just as surprised as the rest of us there was august 1st when he was named the sixth member of the policy board keep in mind he had never been on the policy board he had never been on the pack he'd never had any interest whatsoever in this so yeah and now he's sort of caught in all of these meetings i think we talked about this last week there was just not this Saturday, but the Saturday before, it was an emergency pa uh, policy board meeting. And I've heard about those multiple times this year. And I asked him point blank on Saturday about John Rom. We hadn't spoken to him since the Rom news broke that he had joined Live Golf. And he clearly wasn't happy about that. Clearly didn't want to talk about that. He was asked multiple times about the negotiations with the public investment fund, the negotiations with the group led by Fenway Sports. And he just didn't want to talk about it. And you can tell he's sort of caught and that area where I think we saw Rory McIlroy really earlier this year, where you want to be part of the process. You want to make sure the tour is heading in the right direction. But in this particular case, you've probably had enough. Like, let's be honest. These guys are really, really good at playing golf. There's no reason to assume that, oh, they're also really, really good at sitting through long meetings 
and hearing boring presentations and trying to come up with creative ways to do billion dollar deals. I said this last week, and I'm going to double down on it. Tiger Woods isn't qualified to sit in on those negotiations. I'm not qualified. I don't think Jay Monahan is qualified. There's probably only a dozen people in the world who can actually probably say, yes, I should be sitting in that meeting because I understand it better than anyone else. Tiger's not one of those people. So at some point, it's got to reach overload where he's just got to be exhausted by all of it. A couple things. I, I would quibble with the use of the word eventful. I think I think 2009 was probably the most eventful year okay. of Tiger's career. I would go with busiest, certainly, when you're looking at, at the rehab, heading into the Masters, making sure he's ready there. Then the surgery, uh, the fact that he was basically idle for two or three months uh, because of the ankle fusion surgery, and then the ramping back up to get to the point now, uh, in addition to all the board meetings. Busiest versus eventful. I don't know. Look at it from Webster's Dictionary. Uh, I think it's just a small point there. When you mention Tiger's kind of reluctance or uh, annoyance with talking about it, I, I think I, I think he's probably not over it, but there's only so much that he can say publicly, right? Like these are active negotiations. If he if he if he gives his honest insight and opinion on how it's going in negotiation or what's he or what he wants to see happen. Like the, the leverage is, is just completely gone. Like anything that he says in a public forum uh, could be used uh, as, as kind of the way uh, the PG tour as a whole is leaning. And I also Rex, like, what's the status of these meetings? Are they, are they continually delayed? Are they actually Jay Monahan and PIF governor Yasir al Ramain? Are they actually supposed to meet? This week, why does this thing keep getting delayed? What's your what's your intel? Uh, scheduling just between the two of them. I mean, both of them are pretty busy, and the also what could be what could be what could possibly be more important? Well, in their the respective Yasser, universes than getting their heads together on this. Uh, my guess is there's a lot of things that are more important for Yasser, who's the governor of the second largest sovereign wealth fund in the world. So I think he's probably got a lot going on for Jay Monahan. I'm sure this is at the top of the to do list. It's all about scheduling. <laughs> Clear my schedule. Gotta, gotta make this happen. <laughs> yes, I don't think that's happening. And also, I, I think they have spoken, whether if that's a Zoom call or just on, on the phone or whatever. I, I think they really want to do this face to face, is my understanding. I'll circle back around. You're probably right. I could have I could have done busiest, whatever the case may be. And I also left out the idea, and he sort of address this without addressing it there's been a lot of rumors that his deal with nike i mean this goes back decades now i mean when you associate nike with an athlete after michael jordan only tiger woods like that's it wearing the red and black on sundays with the swoosh i mean that is that's an institution in and of itself and there's a lot of rumors out there unsubstantiated but i think there's something to it that at the end of this year that deal comes up and nike golf's not going to renew with tiger woods and when he was asked point blank he said he's currently wearing their clothes and he was asked again, and he just reiterated the line, which leads me to believe that that's also something that's swirling around in his universe. So, yeah, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. I was just kind of taken by the idea that even though we haven't seen him, even though he hasn't really played any golf at all, six truly competitive rounds this year, I, I can only imagine how busy it is to be Tiger Woods right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually texted a couple different friend groups, people who, who follow golf but probably aren't into the nitty-gritty uh, like you and I are paid to do and said, Hey, you might want to turn on the coverage of the PNC on Sunday. If you want to see Tiger Woods in Nike red and black uh, for the very first time. Well, someone brought up for last time, excuse me. I mean, it was all over social media and then it kind of dawned on some other people that Nike doesn't own red (laughs) or black. (laughs) (laughs) No, like he's, he's obviously just going to transfer if, if the Nike default falls apart uh, or expires as it is rumored 
to be doing. He's clearly just going to take the TW brand and yeah. go somewhere else with it. Mo most likely TaylorMade, who's looking to get into the apparel business. And red and black. Yeah. So I mean, Nike Golf doesn't own that. So they can, they can, he can go on. And but Nike's obviously a classic look. And, and, you know, it's, you know, Brooks, it's Finau, it's, it's Rory, it's, it's Fleetwood. Like there could be several different looks for several different players. Well, and I did, there was one tweet that I thought was good. Steve Scott, who actually had Tiger Woods beat way back in the day at the U.S. Amateur that year, uh, he ended up losing to Tiger, but he actually put a picture up of that match and said this was the last time that we saw Tiger Woods playing golf without a Nike logo, and that would have been 1995, 96, somewhere around there. So it's been a, yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah, it's certainly going to take uh, some getting used to in 2024, just to button up the point uh, on the meeting. We're still expecting, Rex, at least some sort of announcements, some sort of press release. They're making progress. They're extending the deadline. We're parting ways and wishing them well, et cetera, whatever the case may be. But that deadline is looming in December 31st. And Tiger Woods, uh, he seems grumpy and he seems adamant that he does want to get this done uh, by December 31st. He is. But again, I keep going back to people who are close enough to these negotiations and I believe them that it, it's not a hard deadline. I actually, in a story the other day, I quoted what's in the, I'm looking at the framework agreement on my desk. I quoted the actual language in the framework agreement. And it's very, very clear that both parties can agree that, okay, we're making progress. We can keep moving this along. I would expect some sort of announcement before the end of the year, which is why I, I had to talk you off the ledge of sitting down today, which is Tuesday and recording all the podcasts that we have due before the end of the year, because you, you just want to clear everything off your plate. You clearly don't want to groom yourself at all. You don't want to shave. You don't want to have to put a hoodie on. You just want to sit in your, your man cave. Uh, and that was, that's a bad idea. Cause I think before the end of the year, we will, there will be some sort of announcement with about a deal, but that deal probably won't be with the PIF. It's going to be with the, the, the group that's led by Fenway sports. I think they're far enough along. I've been told those negotiations are quote unquote in the advanced stages. So I would think we're probably going to hear something on that front, but I was told that don't expect to hear anything on the PIF deal. There's still a lot of things that need to get worked out. Yeah. We will be doing a kind of newsmakers type podcast we record next week, kind of summing up the year that was obviously so much to be focused on June 6th. And what transpired with the politics of the PJ Tour. And check what out the other pod. We're going to do two pods this week. One of them has already been recorded. To just let you in behind the screen there a little bit. And we got Todd Lewis and just a teaser, just a little teaser. We, we kind of manipulated him to, into doing his Brando Chambly impersonation, which is chef's kiss. Like, don't miss that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's at, I think it's sort of the end of the podcast. We also have some sort of buzzer mechanism uh, yeah. in place where if Todd Lewis morphs into TV Todd, Instead of fun uh, bar room, Todd, uh, he, Rex does hit him with a buzzer to signal that that is. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Not the way that he should be approaching the podcast record one thing Rex when we circle back to to the PNC it, it was a lot about Tiger but the kind of curiosity had waned since we just saw him at the hero this was the first time that a lot of folks had seen unless you're an ardent follower of, of junior golf first time a lot of people had seen Charlie Woods in a year kids big like he's he's 14 now he's a freshman in high school uh he has a lot of speed a lot of power I know he was playing a tee back from where he were was in 2022. But you look at like just measured driving distance. He was already longer than JT on several of his tee shots. It was piping them uh, long and straight. What did you make of Charlie, who is now uh, getting towards that age where he's going to start getting uh, some college recruitment and also the coverage of Charlie Woods? Has it, has it morphed in a good or bad way since we first started this in 2020? I find it all creepy. I, I don't particularly like writing or reporting about a 14-year-old. And it, it's enjoyable. Like, Tiger has decided to bring his son into this universe. And I think to a certain degree, he understands the attention that's going to be put on him. I think the coverage is over the top. And I would I would say that across the board, simply because he's a 14-year-old. Like, when you say, oh, he's big. Well, I think he's only like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, like, he's big compared to where he was before. If you Compared, think- compared, to, compared to us. Uh, yeah, compare. Well, I'm I'm a solid five ten and three quarters. I mean, I I, I can. I'm prove five that. nine and three quarters. There you go. Uh, so and he, and he, he's only going to get bigger. I mean, I think Dad is what six one, six two, something like that. So you would expect him to be somewhere oh, in that neighborhood. And you're right, he's got some power. Like it was fun to watch him on some of those. You, they did move him back a tee, but he's still driving greens and and he, the swing still looks good. I will give credit to our former boss Jay Coffin. He did a story on GolfDigest.com he kind of took a deep dive to like explaining, trying to quantify, you know, analytically sort of clinically exactly. All right. So we all want to say, look at him and be like, Oh yeah, he's going to be Tiger Woods. Well, that's not fair. Let's, let's be honest on that front. But uh, Jay's son plays high school golf in the state of Florida. He played junior golf in the state of Florida. So he kind of knew the ways to quantify it. And I think the one stat that stood out that of all of the freshmen in Florida, I think he ranked, I want to say eighth or ninth in the state of Florida, which is pretty good. Like when you start going, oh yeah, like he's, he's trending in the right direction. He was the fifth player on his high school team that won a state championship that Tiger Woods never did. I love that Charlie loved to rub that into dad. He was the fifth player, but something tells me that team is really, really good. They won the state championship, private school. Like that's, that's what they do. So I think he's trending in the right direction. It just makes my skin crawl when everybody wants to sit and try to break down his swing and talk about, oh, he, he's going to be just like dad and can't wait until he commits to a college. Like, give him time, man. He's 14 years old. 
I, I do I do find it pretty cringy as well, a lot of the coverage. And like I think there's some important notes to make here. Like like Charlie Woods started taking golf more seriously three or four years ago during the COVID lockdown. It gave him and his family uh kind of together time, and that's where he you know started to develop some of the skills. Like it's it's pretty obvious when you watch him swing the club, like, hmm, that's a really great swing. He has a ton of power a ton of speed. He obviously has a lot of talent and he has the goat uh, who is guiding him along the way. But I would also want to point out as, as Jay did uh, in that golf digest story, as Alan Bassable did uh, for a separate piece that ran before the PNC on golf on golf.com. Like this was Charlie's is Charlie's first year of playing a full competitive junior schedule. And he's, he's held his own in a lot of ways, but in in a lot of ways, he's also he's also a little behind. Like this this rush to anoint him as the next Tiger or this junior superstar just doesn't really jive with with the reality. There's a there's a um, a ranking system called Junior Golf Scoreboard uh, where Charlie is ranked 1,326 out of ten thousand juniors who are in the program. Uh, in the class of 2027, that's when Charlie will graduate high school, which does seem like a long way away when you put it that way. He is the 86th ranked player in his class. Now, a lot of that owes to the fact that Charlie Woods has never played in an AJGA competition. He has never tried to qualify for a USGA national championship, whether it's the US Junior uh, or the US Amateur. Like it's it's pretty obvious. That Tiger has set up these, I think he called them guardrails when it comes to Charlie's junior golf career. And it it definitely echoes what Earl Woods did when Tiger was an up-and-coming player. Tiger had a lot of attention on him, obviously the Mike Douglas show at a very early age. But when you look at what he did at a national level, Tiger dominated locally and regionally for years before he actually played national competitions and then he went out and won three consecutive u.s juniors and then he won you at three consecutive u.s amateurs the thinking being learn how to win and learn how to dominate your competition before you take that next step i i do think charlie is probably somewhere in that year window where he's he is going to have to start playing ajj's events he is going to have to start trying to qualify for u.s kids u.s juniors whatever the case may be, we are going to get a better look at what Charlie can do on a national level. But it's, it's pretty obvious to me, Rex, that that tiger is kind of safeguarding him, keeping him in a a protective cocoon until Charlie is ready to go out uh, and, and, and really kind of face the heat that he would competing at a national level. You said it was cringy. And then you spoke for three uninterrupted minutes about it. Well, like I think I think there's some important context because there's there's a rush if you if you yes were on social media at all over the weekend of the PNC like this kid's amazing this kid's gonna dominate look at all these silly things he's doing he's waving to his golf ball he's twirling his club like this is this is the second coming and it's just like relax let's let's chill let's put this in pers- in perspective and I actually think Tiger is doing the right thing by 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 putting Tiger by by Charlie playing in the PNC at all. That was Tiger's way of saying, okay, we're ready to welcome at least some level of scrutiny, but he's not taking the training wheels completely off. No. If he was, he'd be playing at a national level 
almost every single week. And so there's definitely some protective qualities to what he's doing. And, and, and Tiger clearly wants to make sure that Charlie's game and uh, mindset are in the right, like he's in the right frame of mind before he goes out and, and, and faces even more. That's no. kind of the point. No, I agree. And I think what we saw last weekend, it's entertaining. And like I said, when you have the whole family out there and they clearly enjoyed themselves, I did think it was funny. So usually the way tea times work is uh, since the beginning of time is after the first round, based on your score, that's how you get grouped. And somehow Tiger Woods, who was squarely in the middle of the pack, got placed in the third to last group uh, going off on Sunday. And I, I think that was by design. And he was with the Thomases, JT and his dad, Mike, on day one. And Mike is kind of Charlie's coach. So that was a lot of fun. It was a really, really cool atmosphere. And then somehow the pairing worked out that he was with the Strickers. The Strickers. I mean, imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. But uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. And I think if you just if you accept it for what it is, and I think Tiger did that. Like he was asked a bunch of questions on Sunday about what did you learn about your game this week? And he didn't do the eye roll emoji, but you could see like internally he's kind of like, come on, it's 36 holes. I was in a golf cart, it's a scramble. Like I'm not gonna pull anything out of this. I think everything that we needed to see or learn, we saw at the hero for, you know, a few weeks ago, because it's 72 holes. You had to walk, you had to, you know, put a pencil to the piece of paper and write down a score. I think that was a better litmus test going into next year than what we saw last weekend. I, I do still think that the four to six times playing once a month, so to speak, from February until July, I do, I do still think that's realistic. Like it, do it does not seem that the, that the walking is, is Tiger's greatest hindrance or obstacle to success. Like it before it was, it was the foundational aspect of competitive golf that we don't know if he can physically walk 72 holes. I, I, I do not think that is a concern anymore. Now it's, it's, can he put in the time on the off weeks to get his game sharp enough to compete against the very best players on the PJ tour. I think that's the bigger question now. And that's what he learned. I mean, when we asked him specifically about what he learned at the hero, it's I was back in the gym on Monday. Like that's the best sign we could think about going forward because, okay, you tested your body. You had to play 90 holes counting the pro-am and you had to walk and there were no golf carts and you had to see how it was going to react. And the fact that there was not this lag, which I think has sort of been the drawback in the past where, yeah, he could make it 72 holes, but man, it took him two weeks to put Humpty Dumpty back together again and get him in some sort of condition. I'll also say this, and I think it's probably time we try to start changing the narrative because even at the hero by Sunday, everyone's like, Oh, look, he's limping, limping. He's laboring a little bit more. I don't think so. I just think that's the way he's going to walk. It's just his gait now. It's not a limp. It's just, that's the way he's going to walk. And I, I don't know if it's good or bad. And he's talked a lot about the idea that the ankle, there's no pain there anymore, but because of the kinetic chain, everyone Google it again, because we keep bringing it up. Because, th because that's got to go somewhere, all that force, all that pressure, all that energy, then something else is going to hurt. It's going to be his knee. It's going to be his hip. It's going to be his back. So that's going to be the bigger issue going forward. Uh, I do expect to see Tiger at the Genesis Invitational, his tournament benefits his foundation at Riviera, a place he has never won. He has never tried and failed more often than at Riviera. <laughs> uh, yours truly will be there for golfchannel.com slash uh, nbcsports.com slash golf the third week. Of February, very much looking. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. 
Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Forward to that one. Rex, the uh, second tournament that we were paying attention to last week was Q school. And I actually thought this was pretty fun drama. I know you did not watch uh, the weather delayed final round. You were out Christmas shopping, but you had, you had some guys spitting up all over themselves. Just as a reminder, this was the first time since 2012 that PJ tour cards were up for grabs for the better part of a decade. It was basically just handing out corn fairy tour status. That is not nearly as much fun. There was just such uh, this, this dangling gold carrot, at the end, and it was a lot of fun to see these guys uh, really summon the goods and get their PGA Tour cards. The five who will, uh, got PGA Tour status for 2024, Harrison Endicott, Trace Crow, Blaine Hale, Raul Pereira, and Hayden Springer. When you look at those five specifically, like I think Q School was a, a, was a success. This is exactly what the system was designed to do. You look at those five cards. That's, that's, a, that's a guy who lost his PGA Tour card this past year. It's a Corn Ferry Tour winner and who just missed uh, out getting his card that way. Uh, you had two guys with absolutely zero status and were looking to, to change their lot in life. And you had the heartwarming story of Hayden Springer, who, if you're not familiar with that, uh, he uh, last month he lost his three-year-old daughter uh, to complications uh, from a genetic disorder called Trisomy 18. Like, it's a great event. You got the Dreamers and Schemers. There's so many different storylines when you saw how it played out, are you okay, Rex, with this with this new format for the top five get tour cards and the top 40 get Corn Ferry Tour status? You and I are both of a similar ilk where we covered the old Q school, right? Six days, 108 holes, 25-plus PG Tour cards up for grabs. Which system do you like better? Uh, I, I'd like the old system better. I, I thought the old Q school was probably one of the most enjoyable, at least from a journalistic standpoint from a storytelling standpoint one of the best tournaments of the year because you always ended up with like you just went down the list and did a really good job of pointing it out but there's always going to be stories in there and it's very rarely the guy who wins. in this particular case i will give endicott credit because for those of you who weren't paying attention last week whatever that storm was that came through florida it should have had a name like it dumped a lot of rain it, it, <laughs> it brought a lot of wind and he only made three bogeys the entire week somehow in those conditions. And it those were just brutal conditions. You mentioned it yesterday. Like everybody was just sort of throwing up all over themselves because it's not the easiest of golf courses. And there's, it's there's so much water everywhere in Sawgrass Country Club. Yeah. You guys have never been there. That's across the street uh, from TVC Sawgrass. There's, there's, there's beach, there's, there's palm trees, there's hazards, there's water, there's sand. Like it's horrible. And so is Dyes Valley. Like it's a diabolical 
uh, hazard laden layout to do what he did in in Three across 72, 72 holes uh, with that much pressure, like tip of the cap. Uh, I would somehow find a way to make three bogeys on the first hole. That's called a triple bogey. I know you can make the joke if you want, but it was really, really difficult conditions on tough golf courses. You got to give him credit on that one. And I did I, like, I was curious this morning. So I, I knew you we were going to talk about it. Blaine Hale. I think he's the only one of the five that played his way through all three stages. If I'm not mistaken, that to me is, I mean, it, I, I don't know how I can, what I can compare that to in other sports. It's so difficult to do that, I guess. And we see it at the U S open every year where someone comes through, you know, both stages of qualifying. And that's really, really difficult. But this, I can only imagine sort of the level of, I don't know, satisfaction to be able to just start this process without any status whatsoever. You're not exempt into anything and you just have to go out there. And it looks like he got better with each tournament. I think it was tied for fourth, tied for fifth, and then he finished tied for third. So good for him. And I was like actually surprised. So Blaine Hale, he was part of the Oklahoma national championship team. If you guys remember in 2017, I was actually surprised that he hadn't done more in his in his pro career to this point. Like he was a he was a pretty darn good college player, and yet he's played in just one event in his career that handed out official World Golf ranking points. Like he's just been mired and middling uh, on the mini tours, and so we see this with the U.S. Open, right, where guys get all through all layers of the qualifying, and then they have that one shining moment where they get to tee it up in their national championship, this is obviously a, a bigger reward. He'll now get a full year uh, to try and test himself on the PGA Tour. That is what makes Q School great, that it does open the possibility. But I like Rex. I, I like five cards. Like having seen it now play out, I, I, I'm sure the players do not. I'm sure they feel like it's kind of all or nothing. And if if you're not among that top five, and you already have status locked up. Like, there's a lot of guys who really have nothing to play for over the last 36 holes, and that's not great in that sense. But my my counter to that would be the PGA Tour is evolving in a way that it's becoming the aspirational circuit, right? The PGA Tour is trying to become the very best competition, and there are ample opportunities for these guys to get out on the PGA Tour, whether it's getting one of the 30 cards through the corn ferry, whether it's getting uh, top 10 now on the European tour, whether it's trying to Monday qualify uh, and get uh, sponsor exemptions and special temporary status that way. Like if you're good enough, you will find a way. Could the PGA tour do a better job of providing more um, immediate access? Yeah. And I, and I think they've gone, I think they've made some headway in that, right? Whether it's PGA tour university, whether it's the European tour, like they're trying to get, young, successful players out there quicker. When it comes to Q school, we, we don't need to be handing out 25 or 30 cards. You, you really don't. The, the retention rate is not good enough, and the, the, the fields the fields just don't need to be diluted in a sense that, that you're giving a, a guy, he had, what, 12 great rounds? I think, I think there's a better way to go about it. I agree. 25 cards. Well, that's not going to happen. Like We're just in a different reality right now, so get over it. I will say this, and I, I got <laughs> – to thinking about this because of a tweet that Greg Chalmers set out. And I find Greg to be very, very insightful. Like he's just a sort of a deep thinker. He's just one of those guys. And he was kind of questioning the idea that you only give out five cards at Q school now, but you give 10 cards out to the European tours, essentially top 10 players who aren't already exempt. And his point was, and this goes back to the idea that the reason they stopped Q school and, and you and I both are old enough to remember this is the tour laid out sort of, 
their documents on it that said, and they had gone back decades, essentially, that performance off the Corn Ferry Tour, those players that got their cards off the Corn Ferry Tour had a better retention rate. Like they kept their cards and succeeded more in the PGA Tour than the Q School graduates. It made sense. You know, entire season performance is a better judge of talent, is a better judge of what they may do at the next level than at the time six rounds. Now it's four rounds, or in the case of of uh, Blail, uh, Bale, 12 rounds. I would counter that, though. Like, it'll be interesting to see in, in the coming years. Like, we'll have to wait for this to, to ever play out. But imagine five years from now. I'm sure you can – we'll be able to break down exactly how many of those European Tour graduates have success. By success, I mean retaining their Tour cards versus the five. And it's got to be percentages, and it's probably not going to be a very good comp. However, I can imagine a scenario where the guys off the Q School actually perform better and have more success and retain their cards more at that level than the European tour players. I, there's no reason for me to say that. Like I can't quantify it in any way other than the fact that you just pointed out there's a guy who got his tour card through all three stages. And in your mind, your words, not mine, he's a pretty good player. And so I think it, this does provide a, a good pathway and that's what they want to do. It's a very, very small snapshot, but I, I I'm curious going forward where you're going to have to come up with a system that justifies it, whether if that's, seven cards to Q school and, and you know, however many more you can do eight for European tour. I think there does need to be some sort of adjustment because I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I still love the premise. I love the fact that for the first time since 2012, they did hand out PGA tour cards. It does uh, allow us to, to be brought stories like Hayden Springer, uh, who I'm sure if you follow the PGA tour in 2024, uh, is going to be one of the most popular players just because of his inspiring, Backstory, Rex, let's wrap it up with this. It is Christmas week. We mentioned the shopping, but it is also a time of family gathering. It is a time to show off for friends and family what you can do on and around the grills. What's your plan? We got the 23rd when family typically gets into town. You got a Christmas Eve meal, which is always a big deal. And then obviously you have the granddaddy of them all, Christmas night dinner what's on the docket i mean i'm gonna disappoint you again i think we went through this, this. i don't pathetic. well i mean that's not to say like i have plenty of things i like i'm doing cheesesteaks tonight on the blackstone i did ribs last night i smoked them they were very very wow. good we had a bunch of people over for for game night and i'm sure that i'll come up with other things but I, we've been through this before now i i will say this i haven't uh, I'm, I'm this is gonna make you even angrier i, I probably shouldn't even say it because it's just gonna put you into a spiral i haven't made breakfast on the blackstone yet and i know that's kind of your go-to but you have young kids who they're going to sit and gather around and wait for the eggs and the bacon and everything else i don't all of my kids are sort of waking up taking showers and scattering to the winds to go do whatever it is they're going to do and i'm not going to make a big breakfast for just me and bunkmate who doesn't wake up till noon anyway so it essentially it's just going to be me that being said christmas morning is like one of those days that bunkmate has sort of this recipe and friends come over and in-laws come in kind of come into town they i am going to wake up early and actually do my first breakfast on the black make the first breakfast on the blackstone so i am looking forward to that and i'm sure at some point i'll do you know wings and, and the pork butt is, which i bought just a few days ago i have to get that finished but i, I don't like we have christmas dinner over at the in-laws the night before we go around the neighborhood with a bunch of friends and have like a uh it's like a like a Christmas bingo card where you have to find 
you know, a reindeer on a roof. You have to find Santa in, in the lawn holding a you know, candy cane or whatever. It's fun. It's it's really, we're just drinking. We make the kids drive. I was going to say, there's, there's no way you're doing that sober. No, no, they, we're just drinking, making the kids drive us around. So I don't, I know you're going to be, you're going to be mad at me about this and you're just going to continue to double down. But I like, I don't use, these aren't my Super Bowls. Like I, mine is more like, think of me more as, well, if it's not, it's not, it's not Thanksgiving and it's, the playoffs. And, and it's clearly not Christmas. Do you go, do you go absolutely ham? Like for Memorial day, Are you, you a big earth day fan? Like when do you actually show out? Uh, I mean, I think I show out every Saturday during football season. That's when I show out. Like I, I, I have a season full of showing out and I will say my in-laws again are from new Orleans. We have Christmas dinner. It's, it's kind of an early dinner over at their house. And they do, I mean, it's amazing. She does ham. She does turkey, a fried turkey. My, my father-in-law does a fried turkey. So it's not like we're wanting here. It's just that it's not me that's doing it. So besides the Corona on, on, on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve night that you're consuming, there's no, there's no meal. There's no meal. You shout out Corona. I would love to get sponsored. Um, like, is there no, is there no meal attached to Christmas Eve? Uh, no, not really. I mean, again, it's just friends getting together. Sorry. Like it's, we, we kind of have different traditions than you. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you apparently the hoggers don't like to eat. Uh, no, we love to eat. And here's the deal. Like this is clearly New York Ryan coming out or, or upstate New York Ryan coming out. Cause I think Western. Like, you, you folks, what, what are you going to do on Christmas Eve? You can't go out and do Christmas bingo because it's too cold and it's probably five feet of snow and no one wants to go outside. So you, of course you have to stay home and make a big meal. I've lived in Florida my whole life. And normally it's somewhere around 65, 70 degrees. It's a beautiful night. You can drive around. You can look at all the lights. You can have a good time. Sorry, mine doesn't include a big meal. We actually probably order pizza if you really want to know. No, we, we didn't. We didn't have any friends growing up. Uh, so we'd be just kind of hunker <laughs> down. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing that as well. We're going to see the lights. Uh, we'll drive around uh, in the golf cart. Uh, my mother-in-law gets into town on the 23rd. Uh, so we're going to play golf at the club, Marsh Landing. On twenty on the twenty third with a couple Thanks of friends, uh, she's going to be making some lasagna. And then th- I'm not sure if this is a hot take. I like Christmas Eve better than Christmas Day, and the reason I say that is because Christmas Eve is really the it's it's the crescendo. It's 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 the it's the culmination of the entire holiday season. As I mentioned before in this podcast, we've had our Christmas tree up since November third, the day after our anniversary, like we, we have been fully in the throes of Christmas activities. We've checked out the lights. We've listened to all the songs. Um, we're, we're going to some dazzling lights display on Wednesday. Like we've been doing all of the things and Christmas Eve is, is, is really the culmination of that season. We're going out to, this is the, like, like the most golfy thing ever. We're going out to TBC Sawgrass to do uh, what's it like the seven fishes the Battle of the Seven Fishers or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, it is an absolutely it. delicious buffet that TPC Sawgrass is going to offer. It's like prime rib, lobster tails. Oh, that was the thing that scallops, was in um, shrimp. the bear, the show The Bear. All right, I know what you're talking about. Like, that's yeah. a big Christmas meal. All right, I got it. Yeah, it's like a big extravagant thing, but it's at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, shout out golf and shout out uh, Denise Slopeman uh, at TPC Sawgrass. She always hooks us up for that. And so, like, that to me, that's that's like the best day of the year you, you you do some sort of fun family activity in the morning you have this delicious spread everyone's super excited and then i wouldn't say christmas day is is a is a letdown necessarily but it's basically like two or three hours and it just it just kind of peters out 
you know, in, on, in, in our, in our family, like the in-laws leave around 10 or 11 kids still go down for nap. Um, thankfully we have football on this year, uh, to, to kind of tide us over, but like we start taking down decorations, like hmm, Chris, Chris, Christmas is over. We're going to, we're going to keep the tree up. That was a battle. I did not win. Uh, and it apparently left some hard feelings last year. Uh, but we will be starting to take down some Christmas decorations when the kids go down for a nap for the meal on Christmas day. We're doing beef tenderloin. I've never actually smoked and grilled one. Typically my mother-in-law handles that, but I'm going to Costco. I'm going to trim it up myself, save some money, uh, use some of the scraps for either tallow or, uh, grind it up and they should make some delicious burgers, but I'm gonna smoke on the office offset and then sear that bad boy until it's a perfect medium rare. I'm a little nervous because it's like a $125 cut of meat. Uh, and if you, and if you overcook it, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cry. Uh, but that's what we're doing on Christmas day. And it should be delicious, especially with some good football Ravens Niners uh, on Christmas night. I actually ran that by some folks in the media center last week at the PNC uh, that you tear everything down. Like the second, essentially all the presents are open. It's like, all right, kids go play with them. Daddy's going to go outside and I'm going to kill Christmas. That's essentially what you do. You go out and kill Christmas on Christmas day. That's the most bah humbug thing I've ever heard of in my entire there's life. Not, there's mark, nothing left to do. Uh, mark, mark the time. Rex calls it at the 40 minute mark. Most bah humbug thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You got to give it a beat, man. Like just, just give it a minute, bro. Like just we've had, we've had it up. We've had it up for a I month understand. and a half. I understand that that's too quick. Like it's a big buildup. I get it. Like I was actually late getting our, our, our lights up, our Christmas tree, just because out of town, a lot of things going on this year. So we'll probably keep ours up for at least a week afterwards, just because we feel like, you know, that's the right thing to do. You're, you're destroying Christmas. Like you're, you're sending the wrong message to Cam and Lily. That's what I'm going to leave it at. Although that does sound delicious. Uh, it does sound delicious. We we will be doing the Blackstone breakfast as well on Christmas morning because there is literally nothing more delicious than cooking food in bacon fat. Once you do the bacon and you slide it over, you throw the eggs in there, mm. you throw the pancakes in there, you throw the waffles in there, uh, you throw the hash browns in there. Like you're literally cooking it in bacon fat. It is not the most, uh, it's not the healthiest way nope. uh, to celebrate Christmas, but who cares? That's what the 26th through the 30th for in the, in the entirety of 2024, if you want to get back on that healthy kick. But we do wish uh, from all of us, the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and I, it's literally just two of us. Uh, we do wish you uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We will be back before the end of the year to do the aforementioned Newsmakers Podcast, where we discuss what Rex is also doing for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, which I'm surely will just disappoint us once again, but we thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, consuming all of our content throughout the entirety of the year. I hope you have a safe and happy Christmas. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the holidays. We call Corona. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.